What's going on, Walleye World Podcast? It's been a minute since I've done a show. It's Rob, and yep, it's been way too long. I've been busy with my my primary job and, and the two kids, and then also doing charter business stuff. So it's been a while. Um, just kind of running through my season, it's been, uh, yeah, different. So I started out the season by working the sports shows for Offshore Tackle and uh, went to both the Michigan shows here. Uh, which is the Detroit Ultimate Sports Show and the Grand Rapids one. And that was a blast connecting with people and helping them learn how to use offshore products and helping them fine-tune things for their individual fishing styles. And then um, first thing I did was um, helping the NWT with the camera boat and helping them get some media stuff. So I had my buddy Robert hop in the boat and uh, kind of a, a twist of fate, I I pre-fished with him and traveled with him for several years for the National Walleye Tour and now he's doing media stuff for the NWT and, and other ventures and he hopped in the boat got some cool media for National Walleye Tour some still shots and some drone video a funny story I went to go catch his drone on the north end of the river cut my finger pretty good but didn't lose it I'm happy um after that it was just a solid month of non-stop Detroit River jigging Slipped my boat in Wyandotte and just had a great time connecting with amazing people fishing on the D. Um, if anyone has ever considered charter fishing, going out there or just um, experiencing or thinking about what it's like to be a charter captain, it's all about the people. It's all about connecting and, and meeting amazing people and helping them make memories. So that's been the gist of my entire season. I've been busy starting my side business. It's my sophomore year, if you will, of running uh, charters part-time. And May, I fish May Madness. And I just want to thank the LSEWA team that helped put that together. Um, obviously, our president, Jeff Vantori, Eric Lenz, VP, and all the volunteers and sponsors to help make that event possible. The guys who ran the uh, weigh-ins, Rich Benson, Tim Muir, um, Don Murray, my dad, uh, Barnes and um, if I've missed you it's it's no sleight of hand or insult I just want to recognize everyone who made an amazing event so yeah we're here in the summer months and it's no secret that for podcasts and stuff I don't want to just talk at you um, I always want to get different perspectives and, and learn together on our journey of fishing so to that end I am on Instagram right now sending some messages out to some guys that I know that like to talk fishing and hopefully I can get someone on here Let's stand by. Uh, while we're waiting, I just got to talk about one thing, and, and one thing for sure is that when you're fishing in cold weather, uh, cold water conditions as well, like the fall and the spring, um, using scent is a huge piece, even in the Great Lakes. I mean, it seems sometimes that you can't do anything wrong. The fish are just jumping in the boat. But there's times where having everything put together will make the difference between one or two bites and a limit. To that end, I've always been a believer in scent, and before I used Procure products, I used oil-based scents like uh, uh, Kick and Walleye and, and several others, but I recently switched over to Procure, and it's no secret that I've been uh, using them extensively, and, and they've been a huge partner in, in my fishing journey, and um, I'd recommend their Super Gel scents. So to that end, I put it on my jigging equipment, the soft plastics, in my crankbaits and I just slick that on there and I find that the super gel based stuff just milks the scent out longer. I have to uh, reapply it much less often than if I were using an oil based scent. I find about 30 or 40 minutes my scent is still effective on there. Um, 
The best scents for me in the spring and fall are usually the Emerald Shiner and Gizzard Shad formulas. And uh, also Trophy Walleye is a good standby on Lake St. Clair. So if you want to try something different that is going to put a few more fish in the boat, maybe get those fish to bite down a little bit harder, go ahead and check out Procure Bait Sense. They're a huge supporter of me and what I do. I believe in it, and uh, proof is in the pudding on my charters. It has put more fish in the boat than fishing unscented baits. Um, yeah. Oh, what do you know? I got a message from one of my buddies. I'm going to set up a call right now, and we're going to get our first guest on for the season. What do you know? He is actually available. I got NWT dude Dan Standusky. <laughs> How's it going, Captain Barnes, man? <laughs> it's going all right, man. Um, hey, your voice sounds a little bit lower, man. It sounds like Barry White. You're going to seduce our audience tonight? Uh, I just got through puberty, so it's dropping a couple octaves. <laughs> so it's working out pretty good for me, though. It One happens. of these days, you know, yep. growth. And, yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, we always like to have you as a guest on the podcast. And um, I... I've been kind of keeping a low key. I know you've been fishing some events here. Just wanted to chat about your season, talk fishing and see what's new in your world, man. So, uh, yeah. Um, I know I saw you actually the first event that I didn't fish it, but I helped work it from a media standpoint. I saw you on Detroit river. So why don't you go ahead and walk us through your season and we'll just kind of see what's new in the fishing world for you and what's happening in your world. Oh man. Uh, it's one of these seasons that I'd like to forget, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna you know catalog some of the some of these things as chalk them up as the relearning old lessons, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that first event was quite something, you know. Um, we were we were fortunate to be on the Detroit River, but just unfortunate with uh, the conditions we were faced. Uh, the first day was actually postponed because of cold and wind there was a pretty tough pre-fishing coming up into it, but it was definitely a better bite during pre-fishing than the tournament. And I know a lot of guys were hesitant to go handlining probably about, well, three seconds into day one, I put away my jigging rod. I made a couple pitches to a flat where some fish were sitting a couple days before I could still see him on side scan, but as soon as I reeled that jig up and I saw about six inches into the water, that, that jig was not visible. I'm like, man, this is wire pulling time. So, yeah. uh, I proceeded to start handlining and about 40 boats showed up in front of me. So I played slow on the jiggers and, uh, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't pick any off in there. So, you know, some local, knowledge knowing like hey it's going to clear up top first i i buzzed all the way up to the mouth of st Clair, and uh i you know i tried jigging that like a, a fiend but uh, could not get him going there hand line it for a minute then uh you know about midday decided hey it's time to go for a boat ride and i feel bad for the the camera guy that got to go for a ride with me i'm like we're, we're going to buzz back down. You sure you don't want to get in the other boat? And he's like, no, I'll be fine. And, <laughs> uh, about, about 30 seconds into it. You know, I hear a, and I ask him, are you okay? I'm okay. So yeah. Uh, let boy. me guess that was closer to downtown Detroit where the waves build with that wind. 
on day yeah, one. Yeah, we hopped over a couple by the ambassador, and then then uh, you know we had four really nice fish on. We got two of them in the boat, uh, just pulling wire down the down the break there, and uh, um, had a couple of good buddies. Just joking, I, I won't name their names. They know who they are. They know I'm looking for them you know, park their boats in front of me as they saw me uh, pulling up a couple of them. And uh, that never happens in fishing. Nah, nah, never. Nobody's trying to catch them. Um, But, uh, you know, only got two of them in. And then uh, that was what was crazy about how tough that bite was. There was so many guys at zero that two fish actually put me in tent going into the day two. And then uh, day two, um, just another like slow start and i bounced around quite a bit probably too much just knowing too many spots and then about an hour left and landed on a pot of fish hooked five and got four in the boat and uh kind of hung on to a, a a check there but slid down a couple places but that that one i looked at you know it was like a minor success getting a check out of a tournament you know i think it was 13th place or something not too bad and then like the wheels fell off at the next one so oh. chamberlain south dakota let me really let me just it. ask you something yeah. real quick about detroit yeah. so yeah. Um, i've never fished at the level that you do with the national tours but fishing detroit river a ton uh typically in those early season events i i, I would think and, and from my experience like one fish down from the south end is like worth two or three on that north end and uh, making the decision to run up when that water's clear towards like the cormoran hilton at the mouth of lake st Clair. Um, I mean, what was your mindset of going for just any bite versus going for one or two big bites on the south end closer to Erie? Yeah, believe it or not, we were getting some decent fish up there pretty fast in practice where, okay. yeah, I'd make a drift and get, you know, five fish in that that three-pound range were pretty easy to come by. Right. On. So uh, I was looking for that because uh, what's nice in Detroit, instead of some of the other states, we can actually call, which is cool. So you can throw them back. And, you know, uh, I was just waiting for that water to s- settle down south, just give it time. I knew those fish were there. It was just a matter of them being able to see it to eat and yeah. and let that water temperature warm up with the sun beating on it, because that turns them on in the spring, as we all know. So I was just kind of biding my time up there for a minute. And I only took, you know, 20 minute up and 20 minute down. So didn't really think too much about it. Yeah. Um, so that was really it. Um, okay. trying try to, and then, you know, something in the back of my head to this point, man, just don't go in with nothing. Um, cause you never, you know, day two is never guaranteed. So if you can get a fish, uh, that, that can mean the difference between, you know, hundred some points and zero points real quick. In that case, it would have been one fish. If they canceled day two could have been worth like 140, 150 points. Cause there were so many zeros on that day one. Yeah, It was amazing to see how many guys would not make the switch to pulling wire. It's something that either, either love to do hate to do or are willing to do and um i'm kind of like right in the middle of like loving to do it and willing to do it there's some days where it's just it's the it's it's really fun to do right and uh you know when you get the you get a spot a little bit to yourself you can work it a little bit better doing it in traffic you know i do it and i don't sweat it but uh i do get a lot of 
lot of side eyes when I, you know, go creeping by somebody that's jigging. And uh, I love it. I do that too. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. I mean, we all, we all have access to the water. We all have a right to use it. So, you know, you know, and I, I've never caught anybody's jig while hand lining. I know they think I'm going to, but you know, you have a pretty good idea where your baits are all the time. So I, I, I may have swung my baits in her people's boats before and caught fish. You know, it's fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For the most part, that shank and weight are pretty close to the, pretty close to the rear end of the boat. And, and once you kind of get a feel for it, you you can control it. If you want to catch something, you can, I'll, I'll say that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about a personal record of mine, not related to tournament fishing, but uh, in two days I've caught two different jigging rod setups, not on the Detroit river, but the St. Clair river. What is your record for catching rigs or uh, poles off the bottom? Maybe best in a single day or a span of days. Uh, you know, I could go into how many have been put in the water, but uh, um, I, I probably get a rod or two per season i've never done multiples in a day i did have a day where i was trolling in detroit where i got three anchors in so i caught caught nylon ropes i think from the the trihull armada in you know that comes out in may and people <laughs> just letting go of those ropes and then yeah. you know catching those chain anchors and pulling them up, you know, and I was trolling for muskie. So I had some pretty, pretty stout setups and, you know, it would, the rod would double over and I was waiting for a head shake and it never came. And then I, you know, I'd grab it and reel back on it and I'd get a rope. I'm like, Oh, cool. So pull another anchor and pull another anchor. So I have, I have like a, a, just a slew of donator anchors i call them so if i'm in let's say like some place where i gotta throw a hook and i'm worried i'm gonna lose it yeah it's a that's a good assortment to dig through there you go um chamberlain i you were starting to talk about that then i got on a tangent about um decision points so tell us a little about your experience on chamberlain so i i kind of got a little reckless there (laughs) day day one where I went up to a spot where I'd been getting really good unders and some, some overs trolling a uh, lead core um, through some flats right adjacent to some spawning grounds. And it's, it was a, it's a well-known community spot. Everybody knows it. probably 80% of the field was there, but uh, most of them were jigging and the, you know, I was, I was smoking them in practice on uh, some, uh, some Wally nation baits and in white color, it seems like the white, white baits in the, in the Missouri river system are pretty good. And yeah. for whatever reason the, the, I didn't catch on to it that they, they actually wanted it running a little bit slower. So I made a pass through there and I, I hate fishing by other boats. So, you know, I put on the tennis shoes and started running a circuit down and nothing that worked in practice was going. So I called an audible and ran 60 some miles away to another bay down south that uh, I had caught some decent fish on. And I didn't realize like, you know, with even with the 
the weather being a little bit better, how many locals were going to be in there. So I showed up there and nothing I wanted to fish was open. So I trolled some trees and caught some dinks and, and then just started just fishing my way home. And, uh, I had a lot of fish come on, but I don't know what quite happened. I probably should put some more pro cure on it, but, uh, um, you know, just, uh, just got a little manic that day. So I, I, I kind of shot myself in the foot and, you know, was a, a last pager going into, into day after day one and just really scratching my head. But I knew at the end of the day, I, I, I left a spot where I could have uh, made a small move and got them, but made two big moves. And then uh, day two, um, just kind of stuck it out and uh, used a uh, Lawrence active target on um, scout mode and moved into like four feet of water. I, t- I tried to troll them through, through there again and they just didn't want anything aggressive those two days, which was a total transition for me from what I, what I had saw in practice. And I just didn't make the adjustment, but then I switched over to just some hair jigs and some, uh, some gulp and uh, just put on a clinic in some shallow water where I don't know, we went through like 30 fish and um, yeah, it was, it was fun. Cause uh, when I say like aggressive jing stroke, it was, it was strange. Uh, you know, I was popping it where I could see the bait coming up and, you know, I didn't cast at any pods that had, you know, one or two fish. I was looking for four or five. There was enough of them, but they were moving really fast. So when I'd see that, I could cast ahead of them. In that shallow water, you could pretty, you know, predict, you know, how to make it fall in front of them, get a couple, you know, good strokes out of it. And, and mm. they, they would just rattle it out of your hands, you know. And I uh, love that. Oh, yeah. And my, my uh, partner for the day he caught on what I was doing, came up and I'm like, get up here. And we went shoulder to shoulder and we're throwing our baits right next to one another. We're just joking. Like who's going to get it first. (laughs) A lot of doubles and stuff like that. So it was just a fun day, you know, you know, but, uh, that one really, uh, really set me back for the season. And then, uh, any questions on that one? It's a, it's a beautiful fishery. I, I feel kind of bad the last couple of times I've been there. I really haven't like, been able to showcase what's in there and in, in the tournament but practice it's i have so much fun there because it's it's got a lot of different uh a lot of different areas holding really nice fish um you, you can get kind of technical fish in there but yeah. uh it's it's a beautiful fishery uh just uh something that everybody should go try at least once yeah um, I do, I do want to chat a little bit about how you leverage Lorance active target. And, uh, you know, I, I run that on my boat, um, just from sidebar conversations, you kind of coached me through how to anticipate and, and uh, close the deal on bites, maybe when they're not as aggressive and, and, uh, I'll kind of paraphrase it. You had mentioned to me that when you, when you're fishing with active target forward, down or scout, and you're, you're pitching out to the, to the fish, not to be fixated on the fish and the bait and what you're seeing on the screen. Once you think they're going to close the deal, just pay attention to what you're doing with the rod, watch the rod tip, whatever you got to do. And then you won't miss the strikes as much. So I tried to apply that, uh, believe it or not, with lake trout fishing here locally to my house in a kind of a more of a finesse bite and absolutely true. 
I'm not locked on the computer screen or the computer game the whole time, focusing uh, those last key moments on the bite more on what you're doing with your presentation as put more fish in the boat that way. But um, I know you've been using it extensively much more than uh, I would, and, and especially in shallow water conditions, but any, any other key points that you'd want to help people understand how to leverage live sonar? Yeah. I mean, I, what I've been learning this year is how much further out you can actually go with it than, than I had thought before, you know, uh, I was kind of locking in at 40, 60 feet with the Ford. You, you can extend that thing out if you got it dialed in right and mounted right on either a pole mount or, uh, on your trolling motor out to a hundred feet and start to see, you know, those fish, especially in some of that clear water, out there better but i do like to uh flip it between the um the scout and that forward mode um right in that right when you're crossing into that 10 foot range and the reason being is like you start to lose some of that um ability for the forward mode to be as effective when you get in that shallow water mm -hmm. and then and when they're in that shallow water you know you can get uh, you can really, you know, uh, start to see them really good in that, um, on the scout mode and pick out larger groups of fish. Um, and now those ones tend to be real aggressive, you know, that competitive instinct hits in. I've done it on the Detroit river too. It's a blast, you know, uh, everybody else is sitting there jigging, um, uh, and, I've been taking ripping wraps and just smoking them on flats and it's just fun, you know, yeah. just a different way to do it. It's just something, something to try, but, uh, really, uh, being able to flip between the two is really, really important. Um, Oh, now I'm going to forget the, the name of, uh, the, the mount I use uh, fish obsessed. They have one that's specifically built for Lawrence and, it gives you a better picture because it 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 has a zero offset on it. So instead of having a little bit of a a little bit of an angle like the standard mount, mm -hmm. it it allows you to get the the transducer away from the 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 can of the trolling motor out in front of it, and also it 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 straightens it out versus the the little bit of a kick out and, or. Yeah. Yeah, a little cant on it. That cant makes it a lot harder to uh, to really visualize where where that 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 is pointed. So, and the other yeah. part that's really nice on it, you grab it one hand, you can switch between the the two in seconds versus having to unscrew the little knobs and do all that stuff. It's all just uh, kind of like spring tension that holds it. And uh, I've been really impressed with that. And uh, um, you know, I look forward to dialing that in even better. I, I know uh, you, you can squeeze a lot more out of it than I have been, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely a, a tool that uh, when used right and in in the given in the right conditions can put a lot more fish in the boat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you're saying that's called the fish obsessed mount? I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's the name of the company fish okay. obsessed. I don't remember the actual model, but you'll see it. It's, it's, uh, uh, the, the Lorance specific bracket, but they make them for, for other units too, but, uh, that mm -hmm. one's beefed up pretty good. So it's, it's solid. It doesn't really slip or anything. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm more interested in the, uh, that whole offset and negating some of the cant on the stock mount from the factory. I feel like it, for me, it's harder to interpret the slice of pie and where I'm trying to pitch my bait to when I'm doing that forward mode. And the uh, reason I'm asking this stuff is I know there's more and more interest in the live sonar technology. I, I use it on my boat and I know you do too. So it's, it's been really cool hearing different people's um, experience with it. And I think everyone's kind of growing and learning more how to leverage it. So cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. For so sure. Next event. Oh, where do we go after that? Oh, Prairie du Chien, Prairie du Chien. Now we say it wrong. Um, Mississippi river, you know, uh, it's been good to me in the past. Um, I got uh uh, a great group of guys that travel with me and we uh, uh we were fortunate enough to get the the, the precious willow cats and uh, <laughs> babied those those little guys uh pretty well and uh you know we're all set to go and you know uh had a decent practice and was looking forward to it uh uh fortunately day one i drew boat 104 so uh um yeah which if you've ever fished the mississippi river before if you want to really like contend you're fishing most of the times on like a spot on a spot looking for that that really niche uh, uh you know seam with the right water and the right flow and and some structure that's just perfect and uh I kind of had to park outside of a lot of that stuff because, you know, there was boats sitting on there by the time I could get anywhere. There was no way I was going to even as much of a maniac as I might be driving a boat. Uh, <laughs> not I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not going to get there um, before most. Um, and the real depressing part was the first spot I went to. There was a boat there, but he was sitting on it like too far back. So, he was actually he had his boat parked where his bait should have been if that makes sense because mm-hmm. we were pitch, pitching him to the face of a wing dam and uh he just kind of blew it out so i waited two hours for him to like give up and then slid in there but i think just the the boat sitting on top of it for so long it just it just didn't happen so then scrambled a bit um tried some other areas caught some fish nothing really of any any uh note but uh you know at least scratched a couple fish away and then uh day two um you know i kind of kind of parked outside of spots again just like leaving alone some guys that were in the lead and uh um you know i got to watch wayne wayne van dyke or my buddy wanye midwest put on um, put on a clinic on big fish on day two but uh you know unfortunate for us we were dealing with the crazy slot there where we couldn't keep anything between 20 and 27 or 28 i can't remember but it was you know uh, these these monster fish that were few and far between they're like Mm. less than one percent of the population but those were like the game changers for everybody if you could get get a couple of those bites, but you had to throw back, I don't know how many 25s and 26s. So, um, so I, you know, I went around and caught some other fish, but, uh, 
it wasn't really uh in the cards for me in that one so yeah i don't i don't look at that one as bad as i do chamberlain as far as the mistakes i made on on uh on uh chamberlain because that was a total just uh brain fart on my part just uh put more time in driving than i did uh actual fishing where i where i could have could have put a lot more uh a lot more uh i guess fishing time in so different event, kind of the same, you know, last page result, but maybe, maybe in the middle of the field. I don't remember where I ended. I just know it wasn't good. So that kind of had me sweating bullets going into the last one for sure. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. The choices we make, it makes or breaks us. And um, that's kind of a recurring thing that I'm, I'm hearing throughout your season so far. So uh, final event, if I'm not mistaken, was so the regular season was Green Bay, right? Yes, sir. Green Bay. We were out of uh, um, we we're out of Marinette, so we went out of the Wisconsin side, but we were able to fish uh, the Michigan stuff too. Um, I, most of the better fishing experienced in that one in practice came from the south, and uh, I kind of broke a rule of mine that I made a long time ago of like, I'll never fish the mud, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to go down there. Cause like it's here today, gone tomorrow, those fish, but there was just so many active fish down there. It was hard to get away from it. So, you know, it's the Northern stuff, um, hats off to the, the guys that, you know, stretched a little bit further, but there's so much water to cover. I just didn't ever find that monster group of fish like uh uh dewey did he he really he really did something there by by getting on those but uh um i did have just a couple tremendous days in practice where uh you know caught fish that were plus 30 inches and just some monsters uh that you know i figured five of those each day you know he'd walk away with it um could see them just could not get them to react um you know in practice had caught them on on uh crawler harnesses and reapers but uh um went through there and was just not getting reactions out of them so again just wanted to get a couple fish in i had a little little honey hole where i could go pitch you know ripping glides and went in there and got a couple fish and you know, boxed a couple of them and then convinced myself, you know, these aren't the right fish. Went back to trolling for those monsters again. I'm by myself at both these spots. There's nobody there. And I'm thinking, oh boy, did I do this to myself again? So I I troll through, troll through that area and I can see these fish and like plain as day on, on side scan. I can see them on 2D. I can see them on active target. And you're and, fishing the mud, right? Not, not uh, I'm, I'm fishing, yeah, kind of. I'm fishing the mud, but in a in a kind of a deeper area away from everybody, and and okay. that's where I'm just catching these really nice quality fish. So I'm seeing them all. And they just they're just lethargic. So there was a like a just a crazy alewife uh, return to the bay and. I know it happens every year and I, I had some guys kind of chaffing me a little bit because, you know, I said, uh, once in a 20 year thing, like, Oh, they come here every year. I'm like, I know they do, but not like this, not like it this. Was, you know, it was bizarre. So alewives are back. Everybody salmon are going to be fat, but we we're catching walleyes that look like, 
I mean, just looked like they had gland problems. Uh, they were just, <laughs> I'll have to send you some pictures of them. I mean, it didn't look right. Looked like they're yeah. going to explode. Um, you know, 20 inches that were 20 inches in diameter, just insane looking. And, uh, yeah. So that was like a little bit between those two. Areas. So, but south there was like where they always started to disappear that's where you could find fish that were willing to cooperate. And I think they were kind of retreating out of some of that shallower stuff and just following the alewives out, but it was trying to catch them in between where the alewives were really heavy and where they weren't. And uh, so anyway, making my pass back through and I'm beside myself that I'm, I'm not getting bed at all uh, trolling again. So I, I, yelled to my partner hey reel one of those in real quick as soon as he gets it in um gets the bait in the water now i can grab another rod i actually stopped the boat with two th three other rods still in the water pick up uh my jigging rod throw a glide bait out there see it on the active target watch this giant fish i'm like man that's a wally it's a toad and it it rattled it man just just completely denial you know annihilated it and it was a 30 incher it gets up to the get it get it up to the boat and he's so excited he smashes it with a net a couple times and finally gets it in there and like the whole time i'm like my heart's like in my throat I'm like oh my god this thing's getting away did he so, not stab it for you oh god i mean big time man i mean <laughs> he, he was excited so yeah like, we've all been there yeah yeah i've done it you now we haven't but uh it, it was it was it was like holy cow you know so you know you think wow i'm on them now man i can just go pick all these babies off so i start going back through i was marking all these fish i could not find them like they were they were moving pretty pretty good but they were staying tight to the bottom and mm. they just they just weren't there anymore so i was driving i'm looking for them and uh, you know, just, and then I'd, I'd find one and I, you know, try to get them react, got it one more good bite. It shook loose. And then, you know, I'm down, I'm about a 45 minute ride back to the takeoff. So last, last hour I scooted back over and caught some more, just, just fish, you know, to finish out my five fish limit. And yeah. it's sitting okay. I think it was like, I think in the top quarter or something, maybe for, for those fish. So I said, all right, well, whatever. Um, I'll just go do that all day tomorrow. And I put some time in trying it. Uh, could, I got a, got one more good bite doing it, but there, there just wasn't the concentration there that I needed to, to really find them, you know, on the bow mount. So went back in and fished amongst the the rest of the the people and uh you know caught some fish they were nothing but uh threw them in the box and uh i you know i was sitting there and thinking like oh i might as well you know jig at some of these and i tried it for a while while i was trolling you know pulled the rod in and did it and you know, come to find out, you know, that was, that was the ticket all along is guys fishing flats with, you know, glide baits and smoking them. So oh. I, just, I just didn't, uh, I didn't catch on to that, you know, just some, some of those, uh, history things that 
kind of kill you in a way, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, the mud, you're traditionally, it's like, oh, you troll it, right? So, um, but, you know, guys like Drake and Dewey, they, you know, the two different parts of the lake, but essentially the same pattern, just, just destroyed them doing that. So, um, you know, live and learn, but, uh, you know, I got my five fish each day, which felt good, you know, but, uh, they were not enough. Right. And that, that wasn't the event that killed me. The Chamberlain was the one that killed me. So that put me, you know, out of, out of position enough points to not make the championship. So, you know, and, uh, little over a decade i've been able to fish every championship and this will be the first one i don't get to go to but i'm i'm really excited for my boys you got you know craig sleeman uh wayne van dyke um you know they're they're gonna get out there and get after him along with uh some of our our boys that travels with us uh kurt yoder mark alexander and uh, uh mike Urima, so they all made it so that's awesome that's really, yeah it's really good to to see those guys get in you know uh i think they're gonna do great out there they just uh great group of guys to work with and uh uh you know they all just did pretty well on the ntc and uh you know just made their way back and they're like packing up their boats and going right to the next one. So mm-hmm. guys, guys are road warriors, man. Yeah, it's hardcore. Um, so I, I know you mentioned that uh, you've, you've been able to fish championships the past decade, the first time where you just haven't made the cut. How are you going to use the lessons learned to motivate you to perform better in not just next season, but the following seasons? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think what, what, we're, what you're finding is like the this – this there's a have and have not of guys that are really dialing in the the efficiency of the electronics and i need to step my game up on using them better for um the jigging bite and uh kind of kind of really stick with it a little bit better you know i've been able to do it pretty good but they pretty good doesn't cut it anymore you have to be excellent at it in order to to really uh to really dominate this stuff and uh, you know new guys coming all the time and they're bringing their a game and you you can't you can't have a terrible day anymore like you can't just come back from even one terrible day in this stuff now it doesn't just take you out of it for tournament, but can take you out of it for the season in in the long run. And, you know, momentum's a big thing in our sport, right? You feel good. You, you, you get confident in your decisions and you don't make, uh, you don't make poor choices when you're, when you're not rattled. So, yes. Um, so that, that's really in like, you know, make sure like, you know, you kind of leave, you leave everything out there in terms of, you know, get your head right going into it and, and make sure you're, you're, you're a hundred percent, uh, focused. And, you know, I, I never really worried about the championship thing before it's always been like, Hey, just go do the best in the tournament. And I kind of, kind of had that mindset going in it, but, you know, there's some times where you just gotta live to fight another day. And uh, yeah. Chamberlain was one where I put a lot of eggs in a basket uh, to to go in 
to this bay that's 60 miles away and just really, really put, uh, put myself in a bad spot by, you know, basically carving so much time out, just dragging the boat. So, mm-hmm. you know, I won't, I won't do that again. I, I typically like to fish close if I can get away with it. And, you know, there was, there was some stuff that I, I know I drove past fish, right. Um, in a lot of areas and I, could have caught them really close there i know that so i should have just you know just squeaked by and and then gave myself a chance and getting a day two but uh you know live and learn uh again (laughs) all right um yeah that one of the things i appreciate you coming on this podcast for is you always have a different insight and, and you're able to relate your tournament experience and bring it to practical applications for the everyday angler and not everyone follows the tournament stuff but certainly the lessons learned and how to apply uh, your craft helps influence other people make better decisions on the water where they're out doing fun fishing and whatnot so and it's always good to have you on here. Um, so what does the rest of the season look like for you? I know um, you, you won't be in Dunkirk, but uh, uh, what's fall looking like for you? Man, fall is like going to be practice uh, before practice kind of thing, right? <laughs> so uh, going to just really just focus in on um, playing around some some lakes around here, get a couple fall trips in where – I can go chase some big fish, got some invites to go to some, some pretty cool places and go catch some tankers. So, you know, now I got some time to take people up on that stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm going to drag the, the Ranger 620 with me, you know, go tune in the Lawrence's a little bit better for me and just really, really dial in my game a little bit better. Um, you know, in, I want to like leave the season, you know, the, the open water season, which I'll take all the way to the bitter end, you know, me, um, with, with, uh, a better understanding of what I'm seeing going into, um, any kind of water. So I'm going to go play around in a bunch of different places, you know, uh, and, uh, I'm put the trolling rods away for a minute and, try to catch them some different ways and, uh, and just really, uh, try to dial up my efficiency on that kind of stuff. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to, to share that with people too. Uh, one of my charter friends, uh, on the Detroit river, I ran into him in May and he's out there with some clients and I won't name his name cause he'll probably get mad at me, but, uh, uh, I have my, my, my boy, Archie out there with me, you know, and, uh, Archie. yeah, Archie, he's like snoozing already, but, yeah. uh, he's, he's on the bow of the boat with me, you know, and he's, he's watchdogging everybody. And, uh, he sees me, you know, but he sees me over there and he's like, yeah, you know, Hey, did you get him in? I'm like, I just got out here and, you know, I could see a million fish on my side scan and I'm seeing them on active target. And I, you know, I yell over him, Hey, you got any, he's got four guys in the boat or four clients. And he's like, no, nah, we've got like three. And I'm like, you better get over here quick. And I think I caught five in the next like 10 minutes right in front of me. He just followed me around the river uh, the rest of the time. And I, was, <laughs> I flipped a, a, a bait that, uh, one of my buddies pours Pete Pappas, um, this goby bait that it it's made with some, well, I don't know, saltwater plastic. So it's super tough. I caught 
you know, 20 fish on one plastic, you know, and I was soaking it in that, uh, that Gobi Procure and I, you drop it down there and it looked like piranhas on the screen, man. They were just smoking it. And, uh, you know, I, I think I, I flipped it over in his boat and showed him what it was. And he's like, I got something like that. And then I think they got their limits. So that was cool. You know, that's always a good feeling. Cause like, you know, we're not competing against each other out there. So there's, you know, I don't, I'm going to share what I'm doing. So, yeah. and you know, and people in his boat were super nice and appreciative. So that's, that's always a good feeling. Like I enjoy teaching people uh, just as much as catching fish myself. So, you know, we'll try to get uh seminar schedule lockdown. Uh, hopefully we get some, some of that rolling back in, you know, some of the shows came back last year, which was nice. So I got to start, uh, you know, knocking on doors. And, uh, so if anybody's looking for a speaker, Hey, I'm available. Um, <laughs> um but, um, I enjoy that too. So, um, I'll talk about any type of, uh, walleye fishing for hours with, uh, with anybody. So, um, so yeah, get, get that kind of, kind of spooled up and, uh, um, you know, kind of, kind of like itching to see that schedule for next year. So, you know, some rumors of some places that are going to be on, but until it's in writing, you know, you just don't know. So, yeah. uh, you know, if North Dakota would get their head out of their butt and drop the fee, you know, I'd get back out there again. So that'd be right. Yeah, it's a good place. Good stuff. Okay, so for the audience that uh, maybe this is the first time hearing you on this podcast, um, where can they reach you on social media, ask questions, connect with you, or potentially see where you're speaking at seminars? Yeah, for sure. Um, Easiest place to find me for those on Facebook is uh, I have a fishing profile, Ed Stahusky, I think Pro Wild pro walleye anglers is what it's under that sounds pretty pretentious but i think the the tag is fishing all the time no g and fishing um ed underscore i e y e uh on instagram is another way to get all of me and for all the uh all the youngsters out there you know you can always hit me on the tiktok you know i've got some funny stuff on there so another one ed underscore i yeah you know don't uh don't worry. It's all, it's all PG. So, um, but, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah. And, and if you just want to send me an email, it's just my name at, at gmail.com. So, awesome. um, but yeah, get a hold of me anytime. Anybody got any questions about, you know, Ranger boats, Lawrence electronics, you know, Kuma rods, all that good stuff, you know, walleye nation creation baits. Those are all stuff that, I use and I stand behind because they work and, uh, or just fishing questions in general. Uh, it doesn't have to be just walleye. I don't know. I catch everything that, uh, uh, that I can. So, um, I won't give any GPS coordinates, but other than that, I'll answer anything. <laughs> cool, man. Well, Ed, thanks for hopping on the podcast and being a kind of last minute guest. I'm glad this worked out and, uh, look forward to having you on in the future sometime soon. Anytime, Captain Barnes. I hope you have a good rest of your uh, your charter season. You know, sturgeon's you. firing up soon, right? So that'll be fun. All right, bud. Yep. Take good care. Talking. All right. Bye. Bye.